Welcome back to the Nalo Talk Show. In today's segment, we're going to be talking about mothers, um, how we dealing and coping with the loss of our loved ones. We want the people, our, re- our viewers, and other people to understand the things that we're going through. You know, we never move on, you know. So I have my special guest from Compassionate Friends, which also I have been a part of in um, Nutley Compassionate Friend chapter. But I have this beautiful young woman and mother who also lost her her, um, her child, and I also, which is Barbara Stan Hope, and then I have this other beautiful young woman who lost her daughter, is Sandra Young. Got it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and today, you know, Miss Young and Miss Stan Hope is my guests. And what they're going to do, we're going to talk about our children because there's a lot of people who's not in our, should I say, grieving mothers committee here, yeah. do not understand what we are going through. So we're going to share our children pictures, you know, because I know with me, I'm tired of people dismiss me whenever time I talk to my son about my son as if it was taboo, you know. So in your picture, you see my son, again, Deshaun, who was a um, hip-hop artist, and the Naila Talk Show is actually from his tagline. And so today, I'm going to let beautiful Miss Barbara Stanhope start off the segment. Okay, so I'll tell the story about uh, how my son died, I guess. Um, First of all, I'm chapter leader of the Central Jersey chapter of the Compassionate Friends. It is uh, in Spotswood at uh, St. Peter's Episcopal Church. No affiliation to the church. We just have our meetings there. And um, we have it every every second Sunday of the month. So it's always on the second Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's 2 to 4. And um, I lost my son, Sean, um, to a car accident um, October 9th, 2005. Uh, He had got engaged the night before, and we had a little dinner party for him. And um, Sean and his fiancée, Val, um, took a week's vacation to travel around and um, ask everybody to be in the wedding. Well, the next day, they first they told me, and we had a dinner party for him, for him. And then the next day, at 4:30 in the afternoon, they were going to ask the best man and a matron of honor to be in the wedding. And um, he lost control of her car. He was driving her car and hit a tree. Uh, he died instantly, and she died a couple hours later in surgery. And um, they were buried together. Mm. And of course, I miss them dearly. And um, this uh, helped me immensely. Um, I I couldn't do anything when he um, died. He's my only child. He was 25, and um, my job asked me to come to work three days after he died, and I just 
I told them I couldn't come back to work right away. I'd be back in a week or two as soon as I could. Anyway, um, I couldn't work. Uh, they said I was making too many errors and they fired me. And then um, after losing my only child, and I always worked full time or two jobs or always kept busy, I was home collecting unemployment. So, um, can I intervene? Can you tell me some of the things that people say that really gets under your skin, should I say? Dealing with your demise of For your child? All of us at Compassionate Friends, we have. Um, people who don't understand and uh, tell us to get over it. You're not over that yet. And um, you know, just the stupid things they say. Can you help me out with more? Yeah, some, um, of, them, some of them say, oh, I lost my grandmother, so I know exactly what you're feeling like, but it's, no, it's completely right. different. Right, or they say that they have lost their dog. Oh, that's, that bothers me the most. Uh, I lost my dog. You can't compare. I'm a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a lover, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but you can't compare it to we mm -hmm. birth these children, we fill these children in our womb, right. you know, exactly. we nurture them. And yes. can we... Tell you about your daughter, your beautiful daughter, please. My daughter, um, Erica uh, Alexandria Young, died in an automobile accident in um, oh. um, 2004. She was coming home and she was on Route um, 22 East, coming back uh, to our home in Hillsboro. And um, I guess somebody put their brakes on in the front and she put her brakes on in the car keeled over, hit the guardrail, mm. and she died instantly. And the young man that was with her, which was a very nice um, man that I really liked a lot, you know, they were the same age, where he was a year older than she was. He was sleeping, he didn't know what happened. He broke his collarbone mm. and um, ended up in the hospital, and he's with his friends, and he's wondering where Erica is, and um, he came out. And he says, where's Erica? And nobody, and and next thing you know, he found out that she had died in the car and she was still in the car. And they may were trying to get her out. May I ask what, how old was it when she transitioned? She was, she was 18 going on 19 and 22 days. Her, in fact, her birthday is coming up. Oh, when? She'll be, uh, she'll be gone 34 years. And how about your son? My son. I mean, uh, excuse me, <laughs> she's gonna be turned 34. She's only gone 15 years, I'm sorry. My son would have been 39 uh, years old, and uh, the, the angel date of his death is October 5th, like I said, so that's coming up, and he would have been, um, died, let's see, 2005, um, so 14 years now. My son, Deshaun Johnson, a.k.a. Sean Cosmason, <coughs> he had transitioned, um, July the 18th and makes seven years. Actually, July the 18th makes seven years that he has transitioned, you know, as we say, angel child. Um, he was 22. And my story was my son. He was on his way going to work. And it's hard for me to say the BUS word. He was there flagging the public transportation, I'm going to say that, down to get on, the guy just flew right past my son. So my son was on the corner, witness said, there. And the driver flew by him, 
he was on the sidewalk. The prosecutor, uh, the lawyers, the attorneys that I hired said he was in the street. Okay, mind you, later on I spoke to the witness myself. And they told me, no, your son's there at the corner. And so what happened, he, you know, had, was on the side, on the sidewalk, and was running along on the sidewalk, not in the street, on the sidewalk alone. And he was like banging, because they would say he was in the street. I'm like, he can't bang on the window if he's in the street, because he's only five, four, five, five, you know, you can't reach that, the window when you, on the, uh, on the street, in the street. So anyway, he made it to the front door at the handicapped curb. The bus driver jumped the curb. Ran over my son not once but twice. Mm. Not only he ran him over twice, he then dragged him 50 to 100 mm -hmm. feet, and my son was gone instantly. You know. So as mothers, you know, people think that it's something that we should deal with. I mean, I had a family member told me, "Oh well, your son is your past. What happened to him is his past." I'm like, what? Then I had my sister told me, oh, I'm tired of walking on eggshells. I had somebody say to me, at least you're still breathing. At least you're alive. I said, you know what? I said to them, you better hope you don't be in this community because I don't wish this on anyone, you know. And especially when your loved one is taken on the hand of another. Because I said, if my son was sick, it, was, it would have been preparation. I don't know if you all can agree with me. I'm not mm -hmm. making light of the mothers who lost a child to illness, mm -hmm. but I'm saying when something like gone too soon or something tragically happened, and especially when your child look at you and say, you know what, I'm going to be home, mom, or something like that, I'm going to call you. And then you get another call that any mother dread of getting in their whole life, you know, especially when a child, your child gone before you, you know, how can a mother phantom that I'm going to be burying my child before me. And just like you, that was my only son. You know? More of a shock, right? Yeah, to is. us. To exactly. Have lost them in the car We're not expecting it. We're not expecting that. Yeah. I had yeah. I had this mother sorry for cutting you off. She said it to me, Oh well my son got killed and he he uh, he was a police officer. He got killed. No one your son was murdered. My son was murdered. How can you compare it? Before, this is what I thought, but as evidence and, the, and all this information come out, it was deliberately that this driver ended my son's life. And this is not fabrication. I put it online, and people can go on YouTube and check this out. And I'm like taken back, you know, how can you end someone's life? And what bothers me when things like this happen to us, when our loved ones is taking, tragically like they are, they are deemed it as an accident, and half of them don't do further investigation. Was this person texting? Were they inebriated? They just deem it as an accident. Oh, it's just a tragic accident. Brush it on the board and let's move on. And that's what they did with me, with my child. Well, luckily, I did my own research, and it was far from the truth what they always tell me. Um, so share mm -hmm. with me um, also with the compassionate friends, what do they offer? For, well, I can read what uh, sure. I read, uh, you know, in the beginning of our meetings, that kind of tells what, what we offer. So I say my name. Uh, my name is Barbara. I am the facilitator for this meeting. I am a bereaved parent 
we welcome you all to the Central Jersey chapter of the Compassionate Friends. We are sorry for the reason that brings you here, but we are pleased to meet you, especially those who are attending for the first time. We know it is difficult and took great courage to attend. We hope this group will be helpful. We offer friendship, understanding, and education on grief. All of us here are bereaved parents, grandparents, or siblings in various stages of healing. We understand what you are feeling because we have experienced it ourselves. We can safely share no, all emotion with no judgment, criticism, or loss of confidentiality. There is no wrong or right way to grieve. We hope you will talk about your feelings and react to what is said. However, no one person may monopolize the discussions. Feel free to discuss the loss of your child as well as memorable things about the child's life. Beginning meetings may hurt initially and for several days afterwards because tender emotions are being exposed. Let's begin by briefly introducing ourselves and if possible name your child and briefly tell how he or she died. Although this process is difficult, it is necessary for full recognition of your loss so you can begin to heal. You are free to be silent and just pass if you are not ready. And then I say, I'll begin, and then I, I tell how my son died. We go around the circle and we each tell how our child died and um, when and why we're there. And then I pick a topic and we kind of break for the host brings uh, refreshments and we kind of break for refreshments and then we come back to the meeting and we discuss the topic that I have picked for that month. Okay. And you're a part? Yes. Of the yes. Okay. okay. I help out as much as I possibly can. Yes. And uh, we do have books if anybody wants to read them on, on um, you know, the loss of a child and there's different books all the time. As you know, there's no time spent on when you stop grieving. I had read this woman, she'd been grieving for 19 years, mm -hmm. you know, because I was saying to myself, oh, when it's time, or oh, when is it, because it's heavy, when it's gonna be over, but it's never. Mm -hmm. it's we never. have members that have been there 20, 30 years that you, still come to the meetings. And you have family that I have also, mothers who lost their loved one, or parents or fathers, like I said, you don't want to get out from the dead because you know you have single dads. And they wind up transitioning themselves because it's the it, it just be so heavy, the burden and missing your child, especially when you have your only child and you did so all you guys did so much together, mm -hmm. and now here is the silence in the yes. house, no call, not picking you up. The mm -hmm. conversation you long for that conversation, mm -hmm. and especially the loneliness. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember my grandmother when she had trans, when she was on this earth and she, before she transitioned, and she was close to her sister. And I said, Grandma, you have all of us. She said, you don't understand, baby, it's different. She said, I'm alone, but I'm not alone. So I'm like, what does she mean by that? You know, alone, not alone, I'm not understanding. She said to me, I know you, I have you all, and I know you all love me. But me and my sister, I was raised up and we were very close. So what she mean now I understand being in this situation. No, it was her sister, you know, but this is my child. So I get what she's saying. Even though you can have a lot of people around you, you still feel alone. You yearn for your child's hug, that love, that kiss, that travel, everything you did. Yes, we know spiritually they're with her, but this, we want that physical touch. Mm 
Mm, that's right, we do. That physical being, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you hear other people talking about their children, it's not like, oh, we jealous, you know, and people are like, oh, you guys strong. No, we're not jealous because you have your children. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, first of all, I know my mind is far away from being jealous because you have no child. Mm -hmm. My thought is like, you know, why this driver could not stop? He saw my son. He admit to he saw my son because it's on the audio, but you didn't stop, you know. So, I mean, dealing the demise of your, your um, son who transitioned, can you please tell me a little bit about what he, who he was before he transitioned, please? Sure. Um, Sean? My son was Sean. Your son yeah. is Sean. He worked for the state, so we had a good job with the state, and um, he was, he was uh, dating uh, Val. Is she up there now? Um, there, there's here. He was uh, dating Val for. She's um, very pretty. He's handsome. Yes, for four years, and he didn't want to get married until he had enough money to support her and buy a house. So he was. He waited, and he was all set to get married, and that's when he had uh, the accident. Everyone loved him. You know, in high school, he would just um, um, stick up for the. Kids being bullied. He was a football player. He he was just the best kid, you know. Just not just saying that. He was just so caring for other people. And um, you know, I I lost my sister, my younger sister, and two brothers. And there's nothing like losing a child, like you said. It's just uh, he's just not there, like you said. He used to call me on holidays, every holiday. Mother's Day used to take me out with all the other mothers and there must have been 30 of us and he would just take us all out and mm -hmm. buy us dinner all at once. It's just, uh, he was just such a good kid and I lost two older brothers and um, you know, you just long for that call like you said and that presence of them. He was just always there for me and called me every day and even on New Year's he'd be out with all his friends and he would he would call me at 12 o'clock like you know just son. things like that you know just there and, and then he's not all of a sudden it's just a shock I was numb for a year at least and uh, they say all the um, support groups say not to do anything uh, for a year don't sell your house or car or, don't do anything, you know, shouldn't make any decisions because you're numb and you're just in shock and, you know, and the second year was even worse for me. You know, then I realized he's not coming back, he's gone and, yeah. you know, you just think, how am I gonna do without him? Just one day at a time, one hour at a time, one foot in front of the other, it's just, I don't know how I survived all this time. Um, Sean's uh, father um, tried to complete suicide three times. Oh, the wow. third time he did, and that was Sean's anniversary of his 10 year. He, he died, it was 10 years, um, October uh, 5th, on his 10th year, you know, four years ago he died. He killed himself, so. Because you know, it's a he, heavy burden to carry. It is. And he never, you know, I, I swear these these support groups help so much, you know. If it wasn't for this, I don't know if I could have made it. 
you know, they, they just help immensely. And I asked him to come to support groups and, and talk to someone, and he never did, you know. So he just carried that burden by himself and... Everybody carried differently. Can you right. please... Sandra, tell me about your beautiful daughter. She's pretty. I love her smile, too. Thank you. What um, she was doing before she transitioned. She was a wonderful person. She used to care about people all the time. and She used to go out and help people, and she wanted to be a doctor's assistant also. And she said to me one day, Mom, I'm going to be able to write prescriptions. And she was thrilled. And she just had started two days of college when she died. Oh, wow. She started college on Wednesday, and by... Um, by Friday night, she had passed away on, at 10 o'clock, and the shock was, I couldn't believe it. It was impossible. And like you say, you know, you're in your house, and you hear all these noises, and you think that they're coming home. Yeah. And, and I remember at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I always used to get that phone call from her telling me that she was well, and everything was going fine, and what she was planning to do, and she was always checking up on me. Mom, what are you doing? And then she used to ask me, Mom, why don't we go to the movies tonight? And I used to say to her, Erica, I'm so tired. But she says, Mom, you'll get your second win. You <laughs> will. And I said, okay. That's what we used to do. We used to do things all the time. She never forgot me. She always was worried about me. And my husband had passed away, too, two years before she passed away. Mm -hmm. So she was always worried about me. And my other daughter, Samantha, how many children do you have? Uh, two. Okay. Erica and Samantha. And my other daughter, Samantha, it was a shock to her when she passed away. And you cannot forget your other children, your yeah. other living children, because they need you Yeah. as much, you know. Yes, you, you, you do. And I'm just saying, like, when you have that support, it can help a little bit. But when you alone and you don't have that support, it's a struggle, you know, and you have people who think they're doing something by saying these, give you these platitudes and, you know, religion platitudes and cliches, they think that's helpful, you know, but they don't know. It's not. It, it's not helpful, and I said to them, you know, the best thing is not to say anything. Mm -hmm. Ask listen. me, do I need your help? Ask me, do, mm -hmm. do you need me to help you clean up? Mm -hmm. Do you need me to help you bring you food? Mm -hmm. um, especially like me, I, I don't look like it, but I have a disability. You know, Bloomfield police officer was chasing a stolen car, and the stolen car hit me head on. You know, and I'm on pain suppressors the rest of my life. You know, because if not, this whole right side was shaking. And so how ironic is, and weird and ironic that um, on Wednesday, July the 18th, um, 2007, I became disabled. And on Wednesday, July the 18th, about five years later, same day, same time, same town, my son's life was taken. Yeah. How eerie is that? Yes. You know? mm. So after you ladies demise, <coughs> how um, supportive was your family, meaning your distant family, your sister, your mom, your cousin, how, was there any support in your family for you? Or did they shun you away? No, there, there was a lot of support. My uh, younger sister who had, who, died. Um, she died of pancreatic cancer um, after my son died. And she says, I don't know how you're doing it. I, I just don't know how um, you're surviving. She says, I, I could never have done it. And 
you know, just things like that. They said my older sister. They all just cared immensely for my son and they just loved him to death and they missed him just as, almost as much as I did, so. Mm -hmm. Sandra, yeah. how about your family? Uh, my family was there for the funeral, and um, we had so many people at the funeral, and all the kids from Hillsborough High School came, and the teachers too, and the teachers were talking to me, and they were telling me how wonderful Erica was, because they got to know her, and how she used to, on holidays, she used to bring and make candies up for the kids and for the teachers, and used to go around the classrooms and just bring all those candies out. And um, my brother came in from Prague, Czechoslovakia, John Pierre, and my sister and her family came in from California. And um, my cousins came in from New York City, and my other uh, family came in from, of course, you know, New Jersey. So everybody was there, and everybody was very supportive. And I was, I was in a fog, and I had been in a fog for nine years until I finally came out of it. So. I mean, I finally was able to deal with Erica's loss, but I still talk to her every day. You never get over it, and this is the thing, people think that because your child is gone, oh, get over it, you know, that is a very heartless thing to do. I mean, I went to this attorney in Totowa, dealing with the corruption, the mishandling of my son's case, you know, and again, people go online and see that. and the. The attorney told me, oh, well, I know you miss your son, but move on. Hmm. I'm like, <laughs> not excuse me, but excuse you, you know? And see, so when people have their children, other people have their children, it's easy for them to be so cold-hearted and think that, okay, this is reality, move on. But it's not like that. And I spoke to a person who's a psycho, um, he was a psychoanalyst. He said, in reality, that's not how it works. You know, here you had 18 years with your child and your child had transitioned and within a year you're supposed to get over it. How can you, the 18, 22 years, how many years, how old was your child when he He was 25, 25 he would be 39 years. this year. How can you move on? Your child is gone for a year, one year and here you invested those many years into your child. So those many years you invested, you put like, okay, they were just a mist in the world. Don't matter. Let me move on. It doesn't work like that. And I don't know if you guys ever find somebody trying to push their, you know, belief on you and what you want you want to be, you know. But um, can you please, how can they find you all, um, Compassionate Friends? Um, they, they can find us at uh, NewJerseyCompassionateFriends.org. Uh, that is our Facebook page. They can, uh, it's a... Um, private Facebook page, but they could friend us and get on the page. Um, we have a newsletter. Um, they could just Google uh, the Compassionate Friends and put in their zip code and they'll get the closest Compassionate Friends um, meeting to wherever they live. Uh, there's uh, almost 700 chapters okay. in, in the world, not just the United States. Uh, there is um, national conferences that we go to once a year that helps us with hundreds of workshops are there and and you can find a workshop for okay, your particular. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you guys for being a guest. Sandra Stanhope. Nice meeting you. I'm in Barbara uh, Stanhope. <laughs> right. Sandra Young. Right. Sandra Young. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you for watching the talk show.
If you have any questions, you always could email me, um, naillatalkshow at gmail.com. And keep in mind, be compassionate to your loved ones when they their children had transitioned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I be blowing down. Get it how I live. I'm in the moment. I could don't it. You can never find a quite as potent, quite like me.